0: This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice and all the latest developments in human resource management.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR in Review pod. I'm your guest host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Katie Neves, trans ambassador at Call to be Trans. Katie is a woman on a mission, but she says, not just any woman and not just any mission. Katie lived for 48 years as a man while struggling with her gender and hiding her big secret to the world. She was thrown into turmoil when her gender dysphoria increased dramatically causing her to go on a voyage of discovery before finally admitting to herself that she is transgender and that she needs to change her body. She then came out very publicly via coming out video which she posted on her social media and sent to all of her clients of her photography and video business risking her livelihood and reputation in the process. Hey, Katie, welcome to the show today.
2: Hi, Bill. Thanks very much for having me on.
1: So, Katie, beyond my
2: wee introduction
1: there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners a bit more about yourself. Don't go in too much, if you don't mind, about the uh, about your experience of coming out, because we're going to talk about that very shortly, but just a bit of an overview of, of, of who you are and what you get up to.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just a gobby trans woman, really. <laughs> um but no i'm let's say i've been a photographer and filmmaker for Thirty-six years, and I—I um, I thought that's all I'd ever do. <laughs> um, but but uh, and, you know, I struggled with gender dysphoria all my life. You know, ever since my earliest memories, age around three or four, um, of my mum catching me trying on some of my sister's clothes, and then she she told me off about it and told me to take them off. And for every day of the following week, she would check and she'd tell me off that you know, and, and she she you know, you know, she told me that you know, I, that's what I shouldn't be doing, and so. You know, I felt guilty about it. I don't blame my mum for that, but it's just one of those things that was always been with me for you know all my life, and I battled with it. And it finally, at the age of 48, I finally accepted and embraced the fact that that uh, you know I am transgender, I am a transgender woman, that I needed to change my body. And then this started this whole sort of um set of events, and uh, and and yeah, I and then then I, I ended up being this trans ambassador, or God be trans woman, as I prefer to call myself.
0: (laughs) HR in Review is a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. You can subscribe at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast, or find us on your podcast app.
1: Perfect, thank you very much. Um, Okay, so you came out very publicly via that coming out video which you posted on your social media and sent it to all of your clients. Um, and that must have been a bit of a, a bit of a risk. You must have been pretty nervous when, when, oh. when you did that in, in terms of what that yeah. reception might be. Tell us a bit about that.
2: Oh, I was hugely nervous. I I, I can't begin to impress on you. um yeah, how much of a risk it was yeah and um because the thing is that at the time my photography and video business was named after my old male name um it was called martin neves photography and film um and the thing is that at the time it had been an established brand for 22 years and it got loads of great reviews and all those reviews were referring to martin and so uh, yeah i just felt that i couldn't take the name Martin out of the business completely because um it would be like starting the business from scratch and, and and um and I didn't want to do that after twenty two years and so and I thought nobody would know who it was. And so what I decided to do is come out very publicly as being trans. So I so I made this coming out video. And I sent it to all my clients and I put it on all my social media, you know, go big or go home. (laughs) And I remember my finger nervously hovering over the mouse, knowing that as soon as I make that click to make the video live, my life would never be the same again. Anyway, I clicked the mouse and I waited. But then I had to go out on a job. <laughs> my mind wasn't on the job at all. I took the photos as quickly as I could, but I couldn't wait to get back because things, you know, I wasn't being freelance, being self-employed. I wasn't protected in in law, you know, by any anti discrimination laws or anything. You know, if my clients had an issue with my being trans, then the phone would stop ringing and I'd lose all my clients, my reputation, everything gone. But thankfully, I needn't no have worried because the reaction was just amazing. I had so many messages of support. I had hundreds and hundreds of messages of support. It was great. In fact, I didn't do any work three whole days because I was so busy replying to all the lovely messages of support. It was incredible. And coming out went from being something that I was absolutely dreading to being one of the most uplifting experiences of my life. It was amazing. It was right up. It was second only to the birth of my daughter. Incredible.
0: This edition of HR in Review is a special guest episode brought to you in partnership with our friends at the North American-based HR Chat podcast, a podcast focused on interviews with HR, talent and tech experts.
1: Do you think that people are more accepting today than perhaps they were 10, 20 years ago?
2: 100% absolutely yeah I mean you, you you, you think about what it was like when I was a kid in the in the uh, early 1970s (laughs) you you definitely wouldn't have come out yeah no one would come out in their right minds being trans then I mean goodness gracious it was no I mean you think it was only two years before i was born when it became partially legal um to, to, to be a gay man it was always been legal to be a gay woman but for, for gay men you know it was it was illegal up until 1967 and so in the early 1970s although it had just been legalized you know it was there was a lot of what was called queer bashing going on but nobody so that was just about uh about gay people but then nobody ever spoke about trans issues and we're about we're about 40 years behind um lesbian and gay people Uh, so we're we're a long way behind but but we have come a long way there's still a lot lot further to go but we have come an awful long way and 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 i think there's much more there's, there's much more information about it and i think the internet has really helped because when i was a kid there was no internet that didn't exist then um but now there is, so there's much more information sharing, people sharing their stories, and it all helps.
1: Why do you believe that trans inclusion training is, is very necessary at work?
2: Oh, it's absolutely essential. I mean, there was, um, uh, there was a survey recently uh, done by um, Crossland Employment solic- Solicitors that showed that um, transphobia is rife among UK employers, as one in three UK employers admitted that they wouldn't hire a trans person. Um, <laughs> and you may be shocked by that ratio. Yeah, sorry, but, what? So can you give me that number again? One in three employers in openly three admitted that? Admitted, that, yeah. That's crazy. But, but 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 you know I'm shocked that the ratio isn't higher because most of my trans friends have struggled to get work, and I don't think I don't think that it's that employers are are transphobic. I just think that they think it's the subject is too hot to handle, and they haven't had they haven't had enough training about it, and they're frightened of it. They're frightened. I think most people are lovely people, and they they don't you know they don't want to say the wrong thing or get it wrong. Um, And they just think it's just too hot to handle. And so they keep well away. And so I think that's why that is. Um, And also there's some other surveys as well. There's one that showed that 93% of trans people in the UK have experienced transphobia in the last year. 93%. Well, I'm not surprised about that at all. Um, and also i mean recorded trans hate crime has increased by fifty six percent in the last year and and then three hundred and twenty percent in the in the last five years and but but then it's only a tiny fraction of, of hate crime is actually um re- reported and so when you actually take into account the non reported hate crime it, the real figures over the last ten years it's gone up by over seven thousand percent yeah so i think you (laughs) this is why it's just so it's it's essential um yeah and 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 i think people need to um to be told stories they need to they need to meet trans people one most people haven't knowingly met a trans person they will have done they will have met loads but they often, they just don't know, they don't realise they're trans. It's, it's only the ones that are obviously trans that that, that you can see a look or sound, you know, you know, there's a mismatch between how they look or how they sound like like me. Obviously, people can't see me, but they're probably thinking, who's that bloke talking? <laughs> um, but you see me, and you, so, so, so I think hopefully you, you'll agree with me that I don't look like a bloke. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think once people actually meet trans people, they realise that, they're just ordinary people. Yeah, you know, we are just ordinary people who want to be happy, and that's it. That that's all there is to it. And I think when people can actually meet those trans people and hear their stories, then they relax around the subject so more. I mean, I find that when I do my trans awareness training in, in and inspirational people uh, speaking, people are often nervous about talking to me initially because um, they um, you know they, they're worried about saying the wrong thing, um, but. I use a lot of humour just to try and relax them into it and just so that it just chills them out about it and so they can, um, they can feel much more comfortable talking about the subject and, and I think that's what's needed um, and we definitely need a lot more of it in the workplace.
0: Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR and Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast.
1: I agree completely. And I've had a lot of conversations uh on, on my other pod on the HR chat show uh with with uh, leaders and, and DEI professionals who've said it's okay to get it wrong, Katie. Um if if you're objective and while you're and the reason why you're you're, you're going into those conversations is because you're trying to learn and and, and you're trying to, to understand people who are different to you. Um that that's it's much better to, to get it wrong than to to your point people were being too nervous to come and speak to you in the first place would you agree with that
2: yeah absolutely bill um I, i'm not when, when i do my training sessions i always sort of say to people they can ask me absolutely anything i mean so far there's been no question that i have refused to answer and i create this this atmosphere where people can ask me anything and i've and i say to them look if you ask me a question that might be offensive to trans people then I'll, I'll still answer it but i, I but i just i'll say it's probably best you don't ask that of other trans people because you may offend them and but don't feel bad for asking it because otherwise how are you going to learn you know it's the only way that you learn is to is to um you know, is to, to to you know to, to let people make mistakes um and the other thing is that i say to people is when like like um using pronouns can be really tricky so if you've known someone for many years is you know he or him she or her and then all of a sudden they ask you to use she her he him or they them or any other pronouns it can be really difficult just getting into that new habit but please try because it 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 means the world to us when people validate our our identity by by using our correct pronouns but if you if you slip up from time to time don't beat yourself up about it you probably will but try not to um just apologize and move on because as gender non-conforming people, we know the people who are supportive and the people who are not supportive. And if somebody who is supportive, but who's known me as Martin and he, him for many years just slips up and, and calls me Martin or he, uses he, 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 him, then it doesn't bother me at all because I know they are supportive. But if someone does it deliberately and continuously, and then that's abuse, and I and I won't stand for. that. Yes, that's a different thing. So I think the thing is just you know cut yourself some slack and and, and just try.
0: If you enjoy the HR and Review podcast, please consider giving us a five star rating in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. This helps others find us and grow our community of HR and related professionals.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, believe it or not, we are ready coming towards the end of this interview, Katie, just a few more questions for you. Um, The next couple I'm gonna challenge you to answer in one minute or less. (laughs) (laughs) So in one minute or less, how can employers make the workplace more trans inclusive?
2: Wow. Um, well, um, mandatory training, absolutely. Um, it, you know that so many pe- so many clients will get me in just to do a talk during Trans Awareness Week or or you know Transgender Day of Visibility, or whatever. Uh, and it's to a, a voluntary audience. Um, but then you tend to only get the people who are already on side, so you end up preaching to the converted, and it doesn't reach the people it really needs to reach. Get buy in at board level. It has to be if the CEO says that being trans inclusive is an essential way of doing business then you know then it will happen and it will it will trickle down to everybody else um you encourage people to use pronouns and and show the pronouns after their email signatures and stuff like that um you know having a flexible transition at work policy there are so many things i'm sure we are probably run out of time now but um things like you know having using gender neutral toilets as well having a flexible dress code having um staff pride groups and ergs that kind of thing and and if you are inclusive shout about it let people know that you are inclusive it really does help
1: you know where's awesome for for gender neutral toilets california and i noticed when i was in california a couple of years ago in specifically in san francisco hmm. um uh, pretty much every restaurant and, and cafe and bar i went to were gender neutral toilets yeah. which uh, yeah. there we go california good for you good for you yeah, Okay. Well done. <laughs> um katie ne- next one in, in one minute or less uh if you could pass on one crucial lesson that you've learned in your career in one minute or less uh what would be your top tip for leaders and hr pros
2: oh right okay so one one lesson that i've learned um I, i've learned that that um being your authentic self is the key to happiness and i think um for hr people to know that their staff are happy then it's a win-win because it you know it, their 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 staff retention rates are going to go up you know and 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 they're going to have happy staff who are going to be more productive and, and and it's better for the staff you know the happier staff. you know there was a, a survey recently showed that um lgbtqia plus people are 32 percent more productive when they're comfortable being out at work well what's not to like about that
1: indeed thank you very much and uh and just finally for today, how can how can our listeners connect with you? So maybe that's through LinkedIn, maybe you want to share your email, maybe you're all over TikTok, who knows? Um, <laughs> and and how can how can they learn more about cool to be trans?
2: Okay, uh, yeah, I'm 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 all over social media. Um as either Katie Neves. it's Katie with an IE, and Neves is N-W-V-E-S, or as cool to be trans, that's cool, and then two. That's the number two, the letter B, and then trans. Or is my website, which is cool2betrans.co.uk. Um, any of those. I'm, I'm, I'm on all the social media, so you can't miss me.
1: <laughs> Lovely. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Katie Neves, thank you very much for coming on this episode of the HR and Review podcast and sharing your story with our listeners.
2: Great. Thanks very much, Bill. The
0: HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HRReview or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.